0: Today on the podcast, we're talking about that golden number of 10,000 steps. Do you need to be walking 10,000 steps to be healthy? And why do we talk about 10,000 steps? We're discussing that all on the podcast today. All the nutrition information out there today, everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. So if you ever got yourself a smartwatch, you see that it's already set up for you to be having a goal of about 10,000 steps. And you know, even the World Health Organization for a while was promoting 10,000 steps. You might hear your doctor ask you if you're getting 10,000 steps. If you read just about any fitness article, they all are talking about this magic number of 10,000 steps. And today we're actually going to break down Does this 10,000 steps, what does it really mean for our health? What does the study say? And should we actually be walking 10,000 steps every day? So before we get started, I wanted to talk to you real quickly about the importance of tracking your fitness. We should be tracking our fitness somehow, whether we're food journaling, we have a smartwatch, most of us all have a smartphone in our pocket. That smartphone has the ability to track your steps, and you can use something like Google Fit or MyFitnessPal or a Fitbit, and we can track stuff like that, but it's a good idea to have a baseline understanding of how much we're moving every day. Because one of the craziest things I see is I'll see a lot of people that tell me they move a lot, that they don't have much of a sedentary lifestyle. But what they don't realize is how many steps they're taking. A lot of times they're shocked when they put on those fitness watches and find out they only have two to 3,000 steps a day. Especially for my shift working professionals, you are on your feet all day long And it's crazy when sometimes you look at that watch and realize you've only done three or 4,000 steps a day, but you've been on your feet all day and you have been, but you've been on your feet all day in a static position or maybe just shifting back and forth a little bit. So it's a really good idea to have an understanding exactly how much we're moving. And that gives us a baseline of where we go up from there, where we can go down from there. It just allows us to see the data. And really no shame in that data. Data is just simply data. If you're not hitting your 10,000 steps every day, well, I think you might be kind of happy with this podcast. So one of the things we want to get into before we start getting into the steps is the difference between movement and exercise. And I think a lot of times these two terms get confused. Listen, movement is just our baseline. It's how much we are moving throughout the day. You could be moving and not necessarily, I'm using my air quotes over here, exercising and vice versa. You could be exercising, but really not having much movement for that day. So movement gives us our baseline. And this is where smartwatches or your phones or any kind of pedometer really comes into play is it gives us that baseline of movement. You will be shocked to find out some days you move significantly less than other days. And some days you move significantly more than other days and you have no idea. I know when I'm working in my office and I have a lot of office work, I might only move two to 3,000 steps, but on the weekends where I'm running around, I could be closer to 18,000 steps. So there is a really big difference between 4,000 steps and 18,000 steps. And the crazy thing is a lot of times we're eating the same, and we're going to talk about that in the end on how All of this information helps us structure how we eat a little bit more, because if you're moving 18,000 steps, your energy expenditure is going to be significantly more. So we want to offset that a little bit more. Is 10,000 steps that magic number? Well, maybe not. You know, the crazy thing is, is when I started researching this, because I always just kind of went around with that 10,000 steps too, and because my nature is to kind of question things, I started looking into, does that 10,000 step count really matter? Because, you know, I know a lot of my shift working professionals, they would either be way over that number or way under that number, depending on their job, their task at hand, day to day. It could vary widely. So I wanted to kind of see, and what I ended up finding out is it looks like this 10,000 step number came from marketing in the 60s with a Japanese pedometer. And the whole thing was based on this Japanese pedometer that was called mempoke, which meant 10,000 meters, which eventually got translated to 10,000 steps and the world kind of picked it up and ran with it. But you know, back in 2019, there was a study that was published And the really interesting thing is, and it ended up showing that really once you hit about seven to 8,000 steps, the mortality rate kind of leveled off. Those who were less than that, you know, your mortality rate was higher. Those that were in that seven to 8,000 steps, your mortality rate was better. And then it kind of leveled off. So there wasn't too much of a difference within mortality when we are difference between 7,000 and 10,000 steps. So I think what they were really saying is 7,500 seems to be kind of the sweet spot. Now, the interesting thing with that is, is one, it's talking about mortality. Yes, they did study a little over 2,000 people for like 11 years. Um, So it did have a length of a study and it was studying middle-aged people, which I think most of us that are listening to this podcast probably fall in that mix of. So it's interesting. I think it gives us a baseline of where we want to look. Now, we have to remember everybody is different. Some people are more conditioned. Some people are less conditioned. Some people require much more. But I think if we start going off and you're starting to look at a target, I think what, one thing would be good to do is understand what your average baseline is. So maybe put your watch on and for a week wear it and just see where your average stops are. Now, days off versus days you work versus days you work at one job versus another job might be totally different. You know, days I sit in my office are different than versus days that I'm out working at a facility versus days when I'm home on my day off. Those steps are all different. So it gives me a baseline. So get your baseline. Once you have your baseline, start gradually increasing it. Listen, we don't want to go from 2000 steps to eight thousand steps, and realize that our knees are hurting, our joints are hurting, everything else is bothering you. That is not the goal when it comes to fitness. We want to increase our health and wellness, not break our bodies down. So you know, over the next week or two, maybe start increasing that a thousand steps a day, a thousand steps every other days, whatever works for you. And start increasing that and getting yourself to about maybe that 7,000 step a day count and see where you are. And now remember, this is just our baseline movement. This is not our exercise. So days that we exercise, that's going to be that number might even be higher depending on our exercise. And that's okay. And when we really talk about middle age, and I'm just going to say middle age at this point, our working out might be a little bit less than what we were doing in our 20s. Listen, when we were at 20 years old, we might exercise five, seven days a week and feel good. I know a lot of times when you're younger, that exercise becomes part of your social circle. And even today, I mean, you have uh, boot camp style classes, CrossFit, Orange Theory, spinning. And a lot of times that becomes part of a community, part of a social circle. But one of the things we need to be careful of is that as we age that we're being mindful of our bodies that we're not breaking it down. I know for a while I was crossfitting 3 to 4 days a week, sometimes even 5, and I ended up really breaking down my body. I was having injuries after injuries and then I was having adrenal issues and it really took, you know, a good 2 years to heal all that and my way of healing was actually not cross It was changing my workouts to be more restorative, more restorative yoga, allowing my body that chance to heal. So it's important that if you're finding yourself, if you are working out a lot and you're finding yourself in these injuries, that it's constant, that that might be your body's way of saying, hey, it's time to back up the bus a little bit and give me time to heal, give me time to repair, sometimes less, is 100% more. And I know more and more of my friends that have been very heavy in the fitness industry as they're hitting their 30s and their 40s are realizing and even their 50s that they need to back this off a little bit, that maybe three days of working out a week is what works best for them. And I know that's what I have found that's works best for me. My husband has found the same thing. And I know talking to a couple of our other friends, they have found that three days a week allows your body that day to rest in between, that day to heal and better supports your fitness level over time. So that's what we really want to do is establish our baseline of how much we're moving. Increase that baseline to kind of be around that seven, eight thousand. Listen, if that doesn't work for you and six thousand works for you, listen, one of the things the study did say is five thousand is better than four thousand. 6,000 was better than 5,000. So find yourself what works for you without causing too much stress and allows it to be easily reached. Doesn't mean you have to only walk four or 5,000 steps every day. You can have a 4,000 day, a 5,000 day, a 7,000 day. You can bounce in between, but you might start noticing days where you start lessening it to 4,000 steps for that week. You might notice maybe you're putting on a little extra weight, You know, I personally weigh myself every day because for me, it's data. It allows me to see. I am also very sensitive to weight gain. So it allows me to kind of make sure I'm nourishing my body properly because one of the biggest things I have noticed for me is I have a tendency, as much as I love vegetables, to start slacking off on the vegetables, start missing meals, and then the weight comes on. So for me, that scale is a way for me to kind of stay true, making sure I'm eating my vegetables, making sure I'm not skipping meals, drinking my water. It just keeps me more on track. If you have an unhealthy relationship with a scale, do not use the scale. That is just a method I use. Use something that works for you. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's having a understanding. I know I have one client that actually puts all the vegetables she wants to eat in a day in a bowl on the counter and she knows lunch. She makes some dinner, she makes some, and that way she's keeping in her vegetables because she's noticed when she slacks off on her vegetables, we start making poor food choices because we're hungry. We're not getting the nourishments we eat. So somehow track it. And from there, it's really about finding your sweet spot. Everybody is going to be different. I know from talking to uh, Lynn Janae Versitas, who has been on this podcast multiple times, um her sweet spot for walking is closer to 15 to 18,000 steps. I am a mine is 8 to 9,000 steps. That's where I feel the best. That's where I know I'm getting the movement I need. That's where I start making better food choices, and that's a big thing is when you start getting in those steps that make you feel good. You are in a better mental spot. You are making better mental choices. It's a whole mindset that comes in when you are seeing that type of movement. And this brings us to the last point I want to make is when we're talking about, let's say you move 5,000 steps during the week, but on the weekends, you're busy, you're gardening, you're running around with your kids, you're doing activities, you're going hiking. And that step count is now closer, let's say to 15,000. How you are going to need to nourish your body. 5,000 steps versus 15,000 steps is going to be different. And I see a lot of people on the weekends, this is where their diet kind of explodes. If they've been tracking that, they notice their snacking gets a lot higher on the weekend. And you have to remember, our body has this signaling system that when we are not getting the nourishments we need, that ghrelin is going to keep coming in and saying, hey, you need to feed me. I need food. And it might be sending you the wrong signals because you might be going for chocolate when you need to be eating broccoli and a potato. So we need to make sure that we're feeding our body appropriately based on our movement. If you work a very sedentary office job during the week. Your energy expenditure, the food amount you're going to need is going to be significantly less than when you're hiking on the weekend and walking 15,000 steps. You're going to need more. Now we're talking about more healthy foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, lean proteins. We're talking about the healthy foods, not the chocolates, the chips, the popcorns, all the unhealthy foods. And generally that's what happens is we get hungry. Our body is throwing out these signals and we're going for very heavy, very carb-laden foods because our body needs energy. So we want to make sure that we are tracking our steps. We are adjusting our diet specifically based on what our body needs. And you know, it doesn't have to be a whole lot of food. I think this is where sometimes people were like, well, I can have a whole extra sandwich. I'm not talking about a whole extra sandwich. Maybe it's just adding in an additional snack. You know, maybe during the week when you're at a sedentary of office job, you don't need the snack. You just need breakfast, lunch, and dinner if that works for you. Maybe on the weekends, you put in an extra snack. Maybe it's an ounce of nuts. Maybe it's some fruit and almond butter. It can be something simple. It doesn't have to be an extra sandwich or eating the foot-long hoagie versus your salad. It doesn't have to be anything like that. So we wanna be mindful that we are feeding our body appropriately. And if you don't hit those 10,000 steps, it is okay. If your watch is already set to those 10,000 steps and you are not reaching those 10,000 steps every day and it's making you feel guilty, well, take a moment, learn how to recalibrate your watch and put it down to maybe seven or or 8,000 steps, or 7,500, whatever works. But listen, if you're only walking 4,000 steps every day and it's set to 10,000 steps and you're never reaching that goal, maybe let's set it to 4,500 steps so we can get some good feeling that we're achieving the goal, we're reaching it. And then maybe each week we are creating that goal a little bit higher until we get to a spot that works for us. So if you're not reaching those 10,000 steps, it's okay because the data doesn't support it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you all next week. If any of you are interested in the studies and everything I talked about today, visit the resources in the show notes below. Everything will be there. And as always, don't forget to eat your effing veggies. I will talk to you all next week.